0: track thing yeah. now nationwide everybody knows my name they're like mama that's kenny montgomery he sings that song we like yeah, yeah boy that's me roll out the trailer i'm claussing. huh them hoosier tires glossing yeah. them cold kind we're tossing that's right they know i came to wreck it yet i rarely bring out a caution yeah. i hit the high side boy i'm parking for brian clausen huh. i do him like Kyle
1: welcome to throttled <laughs> up the podcast Throttled Up will be a weekly podcast featuring Matt and Dustin. We plan to discuss the legendary Brownstown Speedway, along with other local dirt tracks, Eldora, Salem Speedway, and all of your IndyCar and NASCAR news. Don't miss an episode of Throttled Up, the podcast. Hey, Mo, are you going to win it? Uh-huh. Yeah, I hope y'all
0: brought some stamps, because y'all know I'm about to send it on Dirt, 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 I'm all about that, dirt. Dirt, I'm throwing dirt, 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 dirt. I missed that dirt, 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 dirt. Gotta get back. I'm to it. a dirt trackaholic. Woo! Call it what you call it. Hey! Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that dirt, 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 dirt.
1: dirt, I miss that. Dirt, Welcome back to Thrall Up the Podcast. Uh, it was an exciting week of racing. Um, exciting night tonight. Uh, we hope to, uh, be done tonight by at least three or four a.m. Um, <laughs> we've got some some storytellers and some talkers in studio with us tonight that we'll introduce here in just a second. So uh, if, um, if you're with us on Facebook Live, you might want to go get a, a coffee or a uh, some kind of caffeinated beverage because it could be a long one here. But before we jump in, I do uh, want to at least a beverage. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I do want to talk about our sponsors and those sponsors being first and foremost in the fast lane dot com. Um, huge happy birthday to Nathan Bowling, part of the team there at in yep. the fast lane productions. Uh, again, I say it every week. If you have not got your premium subscription to them, go get it. There is not a better source for local uh, Sound Speedway action than in the fast lane dot com. Also, Schaefer Photos and Custom Tees. Um, I got a firsthand uh, lesson in what all Schaefer Photo and Custom Tee can offer you. As I got the chance to work with Bronze Bobby Bowling down in the uh, Schaefer Photo and Custom Tee booth on Saturday night, getting some tickets for the uh, Racing for Donors uh, contest we did. And man, they got everything magnets, uh, keychains, big prints. Um, they're working on the canvas prints with the speaker and MP3 player in them. So, Go talk to Mark and Jamie Schaefer. Get some of those, um, uh, you know, unique gifts for your race fan. Brownstown Speedway and Jim Price. Um, a huge thank you to, to Jim and everything he's done for us and allowing us to be a part of uh, the action at Brownstown Speedway. Miller's Termite and Pest Control. Somebody's phone is playing us back. You got to turn the volume down. miller's termite and pest control is the only place you need to look for pest control don't get roped into contracts or high prices with the big companies reach out to someone who cares about you they can handle any problem from termites bed bugs ant spiders etc they also do lawn care reach out to miller's pest control at on facebook at miller's termite and pest control email at pest underscore n underscore peace at yahoo.com or by phone at 812-767-5657 billy bad fast performance by racers for racers billy bad fast performance is your source for new and used racing parts and supplies they're currently stocking schaefer's oil products and front and rear bumpers and door bars for your late model modified if they don't have it they can find it give them a call today at 502-517-9393 and i saw earlier uh derek bottoms is on with us that's right yeah uh he is the uh the brains behind billy bad fast performance um P3 Graphics is one of India's premier suppliers for motorsport wraps and apparel. P3 Graphics offers great pricing along with some of the best customer service in the industry. Give us a try on your next project and you won't be sorry. You can contact us via email, phone, or on Facebook at the P3 Graphics page. Find out more at www.p3graphics.com. Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Tommy's an agent, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance, and he can provide you with auto, home, life, commercial, farm, and does it all with a personal touch you can't get with other insurance companies. For any insurance needs you may have, Tommy has the capability to provide you with the right amount of coverage. Tommy is not just a sponsor, but also my personal insurance agent. And new to us this week, Irwin's Customs, located here in Crothersville, Indiana. Uh, Brad Irwin, he can help you with bodies, interiors, fab work, setup, and consulting. With Irwin's Customs, you can drive them deeper, 812-216-3900 to get a hold of Brad um, and reach out to him if you need any kind of uh, body work or setup and consulting. Now, after all of that, Matt, I'm turning it over to you for introductions.
2: Well, with us tonight, of the number 33 Superstock out of Scottsburg it's going to be Mike Fields. Glad to be here. Then the greatest storyteller ever, <laughs> Jerry Allman.
1: Tom du- Allman. Tom Allman, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and Brandon, Tom, yeah. Walt Disney Allman, and uh, yeah. and Brandon Allman over there, and um, if Tom is the greatest storyteller ever, Jerry, who you mentioned, is uh, is second, and and Brandon is a, is a very very tight third. So <laughs> the only blessing we have tonight is that um, that Jerry that is not with us, which is unfortunate. He's down with his back, so we send out the best to you, Jerry. Hope you get feeling better, but that does mean we should be done. Before the sun comes up tomorrow. So <laughs> that's an advantage to us. But, Mike, thanks for being here, man. We appreciate it. And I'm going to jump right into something before we go through all the background and the <laughs> racing. You've been on a tear this year, man, especially in the Brandeis Series races. So, Especially in the $1,000 to win. Because, remember, we had the 1000
2: to win that wasn't Brandeis, and Mike won it anyway.
3: Uh, yeah, $1,000 yeah. to win is kind of your cup of tea. <laughs> it's you know it's just been unbelievable uh that we've been able to do that uh it's you know i when we set out this year we just wanted to run good we didn't really know how we was going to run and and just to hit those shows you know uh it really wasn't planned it just kind of worked out that way and you know it all just fell together and I it was unbelievable and i've told matt that several times in the winter circle oh, yeah i just can't believe what kind of ride we're on right now and never done this in my whole career racing so it's definitely a dream come true for sure and i do want to say
1: uh we kind of threw out uh, a few weeks ago about a month ago i guess now after you had won um two of them two of the brandeis races and i i smarted off and said i would like (laughs) to see any other driver um be able to win a brandeis race and i kind of threw a bounty out on you we made it clear we didn't want anybody to take you out we wanted them to outrun you not take you out um we threw down $100 on it, and unfortunately, fuel pump problem on Saturday. You weren't able to, uh, to be in the feature, but I do want to give a huge congratulations to Aubrey
3: Egan, um, who just did a heck of a job, and man, she was dialed in on Saturday night. I, absolutely, and you know, if i got to give one up like that, I don't know of anybody any better that I could have given it up to. Uh, I was pretty proud of her doing the job that she done and uh, i mean you know she'd done a an excellent job of driving the whole race she held her own line she didn't mm-hmm. panic when she got passed back or when she tried to pass hayman there for the lead she just kind of held her own ground and she just kind of regrouped a little bit when jason got back around her and she just went back after it and took it to him and i mean she just ran off from them guys and she showed them that she's here to play for real so and that was pretty awesome
2: i, I think the all news she's been there all, all year to play for real you know because uh you know, I talked to Heyman and victory lane and uh, Colton Sullivan, and they both said they was nervous that she's getting ready to win one. So, yeah. you know,
3: they've known she's been there all years. So that's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't take nothing away from her for no. sure, because no. she's been pretty steady. And I mean, you can really see the improvement over the last couple of years, how much improvement she has really made and the strides that she's made in the whole deal is just phenomenal what she's done. I agree with that. Well, and I think, you know,
1: going back to what Matt says, as we've had drivers on here, especially in that superstar class, we've asked that question of who are some of the drivers that you see up and coming? And her name comes up first in almost every driver's mouth. I mean, it's just that fact that, you know, I think if anything, they thought she was going to get one before she did. And and she has just gotten stronger and stronger each week. And, And as you said, and I said it before the show, the fact that she it wasn't just a long green flag run. She had to challenge with Heyman on her outside and, and uh, outrun those guys and out maneuver those guys at times with her line. And she did a heck of a job.
3: She sure did. And, you know, and, and, you know, and it's been coming for a long time. Cause she's probably, probably one of the most steadiest drivers out there on the racetrack. I mean, she, she doesn't never really panic and she just runs a smooth line all the time. She's smooth with the race car, never really gets herself in trouble. And she, she knows she just does a really good job with it. And I want to say that I thought it was
1: really cool when we were talking before the show and you said, man, I was really cheering for her, you know, even though bad night for you, not what you wanted to happen. And and that's what we've talked so much on here for people who don't go to the dirt track races and don't understand the family aspect here. You've had a terrible night, you know, fuel pump goes out, you're out before the feature even starts, but you're over there cheering for Aubrey to get see her get her first feature win.
3: I love seeing first time winners because uh, I mean it just gets it just gets everybody so excited and it gets me excited when you do see first time winners because it just lets you know that the sport's still here even though a lot of the people kind of give up on it a little bit but there's people still coming to watch and when they see first time winners I think it just gets a more a little bit more excitement in it for people to come back. To see who's going to win next, or see if they can repeat as another winner, you know. So that's what I like to see. You know, we used to, Dustin brought up your uh, domination this this time. You know, we
2: uh, you've been at the racetrack what eight times this year, and you've won six out of the eight. Yeah, the two
3: you haven't won was mechanical issues both times. Absolutely. So. Well, I got tore up or one right, night right. in the heat race, and then mechanical problems. Yeah, but you know, I, that's a dream <laughs> season for for anybody, Mike. I mean, you know to. You know, I, I don't I don't like to brag about the racing because it's such a humbling sport. I mean, you could be on top one minute, and just like Saturday night, I was on the bottom immediately and was not expecting it at all. And, uh, you know, and I kept telling everybody all along, you know, don't get too hyped up on this deal because it's going to come crashing down here before long. We're going to get beat. Something's going to happen, and then everybody's going to be all tore down about it because we did get beat or something, but... You know, and I've never been one to brag about my racing because I always consider that we're pretty lucky and fortunate to be doing what we're doing. And I just don't take it for granted, you know, and just because we've won all these races this year, you know, I know how quick it can turn around and go the wrong way. And I've been on both ends of it, but this year here has definitely been a a different year than I've ever experienced in my whole racing career i mean you know i get excited and and the
2: brandeis thing stepping in on your guys' class i think has had a lot more people realize what kind of race car drivers you guys are because you know people are watching more and you know the spotlight has been on you and your class a lot more and i mean you guys have produced every time we've had a thousand to win show it's a show out there when you guys show i mean it's
3: to me i think it's one of the better races of the night you know absolutely i mean it's it's been good racing most of the time, you know, and I mean I've had a lot of people tell me that I've been stinking it up a little bit, you know, and and I mean, I, you know, it's it's just kind of fell that way, and you know, it's not that, I mean, I try to win every time I show up at the racetrack. I, don't take me wrong, but I've always had the mentality that I don't care if I win or not. I just want to run good. Right. So I don't I don't never take it for granted that I have won these races, because. You know, I just want to run good and perform at the best I can, whether we win or we run 10th. As long as I pull off that racetrack and I feel like I give it the very best I can, then I'm happy when I go home. You know, and that's yeah. what I that's what I look for every Saturday night when we roll out there. It's not about the win, I just want to perform at my very best. And sometimes, you know, even the guy that, that is on top, he doesn't perform at his best sometimes. Right. They, everybody still makes mistakes out there. And it's not that it's ever intentional that you do make those mistakes. And a lot of people, they don't they don't look at it that way. They think, well, he ran over me tonight. And that really upset them. But, you know, most of the time, everybody tries to drive as clean as they can. Yeah. And some nights you just don't have it. Some nights you're off a little bit. And it just that's just the way it goes. But, you know, and I guess the age thing has probably taught me a little bit more than anything else to be really patient with everything that goes on out there and you know i've but i've always kind of been that type of driver to be kind of patient now when i first started i you know i couldn't even hardly keep it on the racetrack and i didn't know if i was ever really cut out for this deal or not but but it's come a long ways and you know and it's just i've had a lot of good people help me over the years to really get me where i'm at well, but, and you brought up patience, and I'm just going to throw it out here.
1: Knowing how good of a friend you are to Tom Allman and me being a good friend to Brandon, <laughs> being friends with the Almonds, you've got to have patience because you're constantly <laughs> waiting to get a word in. So that's probably, over the years, taught you a lot of that patience as yeah. well. There might be a lot of truth in that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he got me black flagged in my very first race that he ran.
3: That was my first race.
4: Your first race. Yeah, you yeah. got me black flag.
3: That was in 1979. <laughs> exactly it was. <laughs> okay. Go. Outside of these two, I was probably
2: the only one in the room alive in 1979. I know that for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> and I was eight. <laughs> We yeah. we've brought it up before. I'm closer in age to your son than I am. Yeah, here. I know. It's, that's why I like these guys being here. <laughs>
1: I'll just I'll just
3: start this story out on that deal. Since it, since it got brought up. Uh Dick Keithley had a marathon station there in Brownstown and he had an old Ford Torino that was sitting out back. And I I decided I wanted to race because Tommy was racing. I thought, yeah, hell, if he can do this, I can do it too. <laughs> so I spent I spent days out there behind this gas station working on this old car outside, and it had a freak, it had an old three quarter ton rear <clears throat> end under it. It was an old Grand National car of some kind, and I worked out there for days working on this thing, got it ready, took it out to the racetrack, and I told Tommy, I said, because he started on the front row and I did too. I said, now wait on me. I said, <laughs> so. He kept waiting on me, but it made it look like he kept making it look like he was jumping the start. But it was because I wasn't taking off. And when we finally got to take them off here, I would drive off of turn one. I'd come back on turn two, at, on the straightaway. I'd drive off over turn three. I'd come back on turn four. I'd drive right back off the other end. And when we got done that night, I said. This ain't for me. I said, I'm taking this car back to Dick, and I'm giving it back to him. And I said, I ain't never doing this again. You just needed a half-mile track. Yeah, that was a problem.
4: I, <laughs> I actually didn't get black flagged. I had to go with a tail. And, of course, I, I jumped all over Mike when I got back to the pits. And he goes, you don't have to worry about me anymore. But here you are. You yeah, know, I know. Here we are. <laughs> yeah.
3: so that's how it all started for me and then you know i don't know what ever happened but it come back around so (laughs) then we both had fly
4: by you yeah chassis you had the second one yeah and i had the third one yep jay deckard had the fourth one Hmm. and it just never did figure out me and mike was never in the same heat race oh really and one night he wins his heat race I win mine. We're starting on the front row of the feature. And of course, you had to know my dad, and I know Roller <laughs> had the great privilege of meeting him. One of the best ever. <clears throat> he said, Boys, he said, I'm just gonna tell you one thing. If you guys touch those cars together out there or take each other out, you're both done. And I guess we got lucky because the rain came and got rained out. <laughs> yeah.
3: And his, out there on the lap. And his dad was a lot. I mean, he was like a dad to me. Because we, I mean, from probably about 14 on, I mean, we've been pretty tight for years. And I, I stayed over there at their house a lot whenever I was younger. I mean, probably stayed there probably about as much as I did at home. Wow. <laughs> so uh, we've always been pretty close. And their mom and dad, you know, was just like a mom and dad to me. So, Yeah. So it's been pretty pretty good deal actually.
4: Dad taught us how to drag race, didn't he? He did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah. Mike had a '67 su- uh, Rally Sport Camaro. Yeah.
3: 327.
4: <laughs> I had a '68 Super Sport with 396. And Dad come home with my car, and he said, "Come on, boys, follow me." <laughs> well, I was known. We didn't know where we were going at the time. <laughs> But we went down on the old slab road outside of Ewing there. And he said, Boys, I'm going to teach you how to drag race because I know that's what you guys are going to do with them anyway. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah. He, uh, he had, I was riding with Mike. <laughs> Dad was driving my car, and he, he educated us real quick, didn't
3: he? I wasn't any good at that either. <laughs> <laughs> at least you can't run off yeah. the end there. No, no that that the end. <laughs> You can run
4: off to the right because we was in the cornfield. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, we was not any good at that
2: either. So that didn't last very long either. <laughs> so after your first night, what well, made you decide
3: to come back and try it again since you had you know such a bad night that first night ever? Well, I went in the Air Force after that and i ended up in minot north dakota and the sergeant that i was working under out there he had a it was kind of like a bomber back then and we was all sitting around at supper time and he was talking about this race car that he had and kept talking about it kept talking about it he said he was looking for somebody to drive it and i said heck i said i can drive a race car <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so he you know we got to talking and he said well okay he said he said we'll just do that then and uh, showed up to the racetrack and I went out there and drove his race car and blowed the motor up in it the very first time and felt bad, so I just bought it off of him and I've been doing it ever since. And that, was back in, that was back in 1981. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's how that all ended up getting to that point. So Still the only one still alive at that time. But, but, <laughs> but the, real, the real story about the whole how I got started racing back here was Mousy Hines oh yeah we went to twin cities they were back this is back when they was doing the enduros a lot and back then anybody in the grandstands could claim a car as long as it was on you know on the lead lap and you could claim a car and you had to have you had to have your money put in by halfway through the race and we went to twin cities and we was sitting in the grandstands and he kept he said now son he said if you see anything out here you want to buy he said just let me know he said we'll buy it tonight So we sat there, and we was watching these races, and Willie Salee, he had an orange and white Monte Carlo with 33 on it. And we sat there and watched him, and uh, I said, let's just buy that one right there. So he gave me the $400. That was what the claim was. I went down there, and Scott McCann, he was kind of running the deal. yeah. And uh, I went down there, and I told him, I said, here's my $400. I said, I want to put a claim on that 33 car. And uh, so – after the race was over with they told popcorn that you know that somebody had put a claim on his car and uh he said well he said who is it so, and, and nobody nobody absolutely knew who i was back then i and you know this was back in 1987 and uh so he come over and talked to him and he knew he knew mousy he come over and talked to us and he said boys he said you guys don't want to buy this car he said it's about ready to blow up he said it ain't got no oil pressure well mousey he said now he said now popcorn he said i know better than that he said you run that whole race he said he said it wasn't ready to blow up so we bought that car and we took it home and me and Mousie worked on that car we brought it to brownstown to the next enduro race and then kenny Myers ended up buying it off of us that night he come mm-hmm. over he didn't claim it he just come up to us and he said i'd like to buy that car and we run third with it and i said sure it's for sale so we sold it to him i i made mousy's money back and he paid us for the car and i made 400 dollars at the racetrack and, <laughs> and and that's where it all started at is that where the 33 came from the 33 actually came from out there in north dakota mm-hmm. uh out there you had to register your number before the race season ever started huh and i was running number 28 out there And I I got to the racetrack to register my number. Well, somebody had already beat me to the number 28. And I got to thinking, what number would I really like to run? Well, I was a big Harry Gantt fan. Always liked Harry Gantt because he was always kind of the underdog, you know, and really just really struggled a lot and, I mean, never give up. And uh, so I picked that number, and I've had that number pretty much ever since, except for, you know, when I drive for a few other people or whatever. But but that's always been my number ever since then. So that's that's how I ended up with it.
1: Hey, real quick, I want to interrupt because Stacy Allman has said yeah, that. Yeah, I was going ready to say the same this thing. This is the uh, unbelievable that Mike is talking more than Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Stacey, I agree. Stacey, what I think we found out is it might be just a microphone, so I'll send one home with Tom and he can just carry it around the house. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe knock it down a little bit.
4: Uh, been in front of many of those. I don't think that ever made me Mike shy. No, normally it's with a guitar and 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 singing. Yeah, it's Mike's night. I'm just glad that uh, you guys invited me over here
3: to it. I'm tickled really with that, that Tom came. I mean, mm-hmm. I really am. I mean, we've we've done a lot together. We have got a lot of stories. <laughs> I mean, and like you said, it'd probably be three o'clock in the morning if we left <laughs> if we told them all. So. <laughs>
1: I've had a few of those nights with Tom and, and her stories at <laughs> 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, Mike, what is it, you know, you kind of talked about there getting started, but what is it that drives you to keep doing it?
3: You know, it's it's the competition. I really love the competition. Uh, you know, I, as a, back when we was running the Lee Spring stuff, I kind of got burnt out on working on the cars so much because I'm, I'm so dedicated to the sport and to the race car that i forget to take time off from it uh i'll i'll stay i I work on them six days a week and we race it one night and i burn myself out on them because i'm so anal about everything that i try to make it the very best that i can because i don't like failure right you know and unfortunately i've had a lot of it in the last couple of years and you know it kind of kind of looks bad whenever you keep having these problems but you know, it's not because of stuff that we was doing wrong. It's basically because of the product that we was buying. Uh, it just seems like you don't get you don't get the quality of product that we used to get years ago. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff years ago we had to make and we had to invent stuff and come up with things. To, that would work, uh, but nowadays you just buy everything. But it's really it's just the competition and and the love of the sport that keeps me going. I mean, I got out of it a few years ago and and to be honest with you every saturday night i could tell when it was race time even though i hadn't been at the racetrack for probably three four years i could feel when it was race time i never could get over that Mm -hmm. and i tried to get over it but and i always had people trying to pull me back in and you know and i and i got pulled back in you know several years ago and but it's just one of those things i just absolutely love it that much that i don't like to stay away from it very long
1: well, and I think one thing you just said there with, and and it's something we've tried to, to get fans to understand is, what we see on Saturday night is not the bulk of the work. It oh, is no. Right. It is Sunday through Saturday, you yes. know, it's Saturday until you load the trailer and go, the work that goes into putting on that show. And that's why, you know, sometimes when when fans are upset or fans, you know, the price is a little too high or this or that, they don't realize how much effort it takes for you guys to get a car to the track and put on the show you do for us.
3: Absolutely. I mean, you know, until you're ever around it, around it uh, nobody has a real understanding what it does take and the expense of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what ready <clears throat> to, to say. you know, the expense of it is so astronomically high. You know, what we race for prize money on Saturday night, people think, you know, that we're making a lot of money we're really not making anything. I mean, we're lucky if we're just – sometimes you get close to breaking even, but most of the time you never break even with this deal. And you spend way more than you ever make from it. But it's just because of the love of it, and that's why you keep coming back. And, you know, like Dustin brought up, you know, the, sometimes the fans get tore down by the, the
2: front gate price. But you guys all have to pay that, you know, the front gate price, the, the pit gate price. You know, you got to buy your fuel, your tires, you know, whatever parts that you broke the week before, before you, the car even gets out on the racetrack. You it, know,
3: it bothers us just as much as it does the fans <laughs> what you pay to come in at front gate, right? Whether they realize it or not. And even though that we're they think we're making money out there because we're racing, but that part of it really bothers us too what we pay. But unfortunately, you know, those prices have to kind of be there to be able to pay the money that's getting paid out on a weekly night. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, they do pay for... Brownstown is probably one of the best places to race as far as prize money goes most of the time for uh, for all of us. Yeah. I mean, just like this year, I've raced for more $1,000 shows this year alone than I've ever raced for in my entire life of racing. I've never raced for this that many times. You know, usually it's maybe one or two a year. And right. And that's it. And most of the time, you know, I mean... Most of the time, you're lucky if you're racing for, you know, $600 is not very much money that you're picking up. Right. Because, I mean, you can spend that in one night at the racetrack. If you buy tires and fuel and your way's in, you know, I mean, like when I go every Saturday night, if, I, if me and my family go, it's 120 bucks just for me to go through the gate. Right. You know, and people don't understand that. And, I, I mean, I feel their pain when they go in the gate because it is tough to pay that kind of money but you know you got to love the sport to go and honestly i don't know what else you could really do to have that much fun and enjoyment out of something i mean just like the movie theater yeah i was you, gonna bring it up you can drop you can drop that much money or more at the movie theater for friggin pop and a freaking pop and a box of popcorn mm, yeah and you know this deal you know you get a whole lot more excitement out of it most of the time and you know i mean that's what they need to look at what are they getting more bang for their buck?
1: Well, and I'm going to go back to it, too, because you talk about that with the movie theater. If you don't experience moments like, and I'm going to say Saturday night again, when Aubrey climbed out of that car and she just won her first feature and you get to see her dad come there in the culmination of, of all of those hours in the garage and, and Logan Mounts is pulling into the, <laughs> the, you know, pulling his modified yeah. into the infield to get out to congratulate like, sure. You don't get that at a movie theater. You do Like, not. you're never going to see that. You know, yeah. I, I thought that was one of the coolest things ever was... Oh, yeah, I'm walking you across... You know, I, when I was walking across <laughs> the, the, the
2: track, you know, to go interview her, and then Logan realizes his girlfriend won, and he pulls out <laughs> of the lineup shoot, you know, pulls these modified... I mean...
1: Yeah, it almost the, freaked me out because I wasn't ready for a car to be coming, <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, and yeah. I saw who it was. So yeah, that,
2: I'm like, you know, that, that was very cool to me. That And, you know, the, the funny thing is, is... Uh, earlier that night in the pits, I talked to Logan, you know, before Logan was there, but nobody else, you know, from, cause you guys were a little family back there yeah, across yeah. The, the bridge there. And, uh, I said, I told him, I said, you know, if I, if I want a bunch of money through the lottery or something, I said, I'd probably grab two young kids like you and Aubrey mm-hmm. and be like, let's go racing. <clears throat> right. And, and he looked at me and, and, uh, you know, probably the most stand up thing he ever said. He said, I'd probably just look at you and say, spend it all on Aubrey. She's got more talent than I do and for a guy to say that his girlfriend could probably outrace him that's a stand-up guy right there that is you yeah, know
3: yeah. and uh so i thought that was that was pretty cool well i was just getting ready to tell you if you're gonna do that you probably need to buy him a new pair of shoes because he's gonna have to fill some big ones here now so. <laughs> <laughs> pressure is on that's exactly right and I'm sure she won't rub that in at all. No, I'm sure. oh, no. Not at all. <laughs> Yeah. I'd already been in his phone and, and changed
1: my name under my contact to feature winner. Absolutely. <laughs> so, every time I text him it'd come up. So, you know, oh, Brent Lee asked what
2: happened
3: to the car and we'd already covered that, Brent. Uh, you said it's a fuel pump, right, Mike? The fuel pump. Uh the pin that holds the, the lever, the fuel pump lever in actually walked out of the side of the fuel pump and it dropped the lever off hmm. and that's why it, that's why it quit yep hmm. and i'm going to ask you because we've
1: we've talked a lot about uh, aubrey mike but who are some of those others in the super stock class or even in any class at Sound speedway that that you see as these up-and-comers that that have that talent to to continue to drive the sport
3: well you know jason hayman you can't leave him out at all Cause you know he's been around. A, he's been around a long time now, but yeah. you know he's still a young guy, so he's still gonna be here. Hopefully, he's gonna be here a while yet. He keeps telling me that he's not gonna be, but <laughs> I like to think that he's gonna be. Cause I mean he's pretty competitive, and you got Colton Sullivan. You know he's a young kid just coming along, and you know I really look for him to be around a long time. Now whether he stays in this class or he moves on, you know uh, it, that's gonna be yet to be seen. But he's really good. You got that Josh Devine he's he's going to be really good uh you know there's it's hard for me to think of everybody um you know of course Aubrey um uh I don't know uh there's so many good guys out there that I race against every week you know Jack Fry he's he's an older guy but he still does a good job every week uh you know you got uh Oh, my mind's blank. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, it, 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 it's it always a very it always when You got to think class. about them, yeah. it, it, It's easier whenever you're sitting out there at the racetrack because then you know everybody and you can think of it right off the bat. But yeah, you guys put me on the spot here trying to make me think of everybody. Well, but. it's
1: kind of like it, and and we laugh because the, when we did the fair show or the fair uh, podcast with tyler kane and we were standing there next to the double seater from Sound speedway and he immediately when we asked his sponsors turned and looked at the car and started reading them off even though none of his sponsors <laughs> yeah. were listed there he and he actually was, point- the- he was pointing at the yeah. car it was like he was in victory lane it was like yep and this one and th- and i'm like it's that's just little, muscle memory that's
3: pretty funny you know in that that crate class there's a lot of good drivers there in that class you know uh hopefully some of those guys will get to move to a super late model eventually you know the modifieds. There's some good guys there. You know, you you got Matt Boatnik, You know, he's been around a long time, but he's still young. You know, he's going to be here for a while too. And he's raced about everything. <laughs> you know, Matt's been in about every class that uh, yep. that we offer. And he does a good job in everything he gets in. You know, he's and you got Ryan Thomas. You know, he's going to be here a while. And mm-hmm. There's just so many. There's so much talent at this racetrack, and you know, it's just it's just hard to believe that there's that much talent in one racetrack. And there really is because i mean a lot of these guys you know like jeremy owens i mean that guy i mean he gets up on the wheel and he can really hustle a race car around the top of the racetrack and you know earl plessinger you know that guy that guy helped me a lot the boat helped me a lot too earl earl probably him and clifton baron are probably the two guys that probably helped me get to the driving status that i have now and made me a better driver uh and it, it all come together because I was, I was i was running a fly by u car at the time and earl wanted to help me and but he wouldn't come right and ask right out and ask me so he sent clifton out <laughs> clifton baron if everybody remembers i, clifton I can Barron, remember him yeah running the bombers and and the superstocks, and so clifton come out and asked me and i said well maybe i can do a little bit of what i'm doing with with the boat necks, and maybe i can do a little bit of what earl's done Well, he goes back and tells Earl, and Clifton comes back the next day, and Earl said, no, it's either all one way or nothing. And I said, well, I said, let's just do it all then. So we changed everything on the car, and I got better. And then he started talking to me about how to drive the racetrack. And, you know, and and honestly, I really didn't understand a lot about racing for a long time. And I, I won a lot of races, but I still didn't understand what was going on with the car i I didn't know much and but i I probably learned more about the race car in probably the last probably the last 10 years i I, everything started clicking a little bit better and uh, i have a lot better understanding about what what's going on with these super stocks now you get me out of that i'm pretty lost when it comes (laughs) you know you get into the the four bar stuff and the late model stuff I get I get pretty screwed up because it seems like everything works in reverse on them things yeah, and what it, it does yeah. on, on the others. And so, you know, I, I got to credit them guys a lot. And I, I got to credit Tommy and Jerry because, I mean, we done a lot together with racing and we helped each other a lot. And without all that help, you know, over the years, I don't know that I would be doing what I'm doing right now, uh, especially the way I drive. Because, I mean, I've had a lot of people tell me, this is what you need to do. You're not driving the corner right. Don't drive in deep enough, you know. And for years, I wouldn't get off the bottom of the racetrack. I was scared to death to get off the bottom. and
1: Except for that first race, you drove right off the top.
3: I did. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that, maybe I that's why. There's that's <laughs> <laughs> a little PTSD from that first race. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it took me till probably, oh, I, when I had that modified – that was probably the first time at Brownstown that I actually got up on the top of the racetrack and I ran that whole race on the top of the racetrack. And that's when I figured out I could run the top of the racetrack. I wasn't scared of it anymore.
4: I tried to get Jeff there a long you time did. before that. <laughs>
3: he, he did. I mean, he kept telling me all along, get off the bottom, get off the bottom. But I just could not ever do it. And once I found it, you know, it got a little easier to run the top. And it's, it's a fine line up there to run that top. And you know you you really have to walk the edge to to be good up there, and and a lot of people can't do it, and it's hard to find that edge. Oh yeah. And it and you know when you get up there, it might take a lap or two before you do find it. But once you find it, I mean, it seems like you can just hit it right every time. And it's just it's just one of those things.
2: There was a time though in the '90s that Brownstown was kind of a bottom-fed track. You know, it was. It, there was a yeah. time that the, the fast way around Brownstown was on the bottom of the racetrack.
3: Yeah, absolutely
4: i remember his first heat race that he won uh (laughs) we was parked right next to him and um i told aaron i said do this to his air pressures right before he goes out on the rear and aaron said he'll kill me if something (laughs) happens i said i'll take the blame for it i said just do what i told you to do he come in he goes i'll never forget he goes Man, we found it. He said, that car stuck like glue. It wasn't skating out away from me. And then he come in and he goes, Aaron, get that tire, get that car jacked up, the left rear tire splat. Well, it was only sitting there holding about five, six-pound air in it, and Mike was used to, what, 13, 14-pound huh. air in it. Yeah. Of course, back then, that's the way the cars, we ran them that way. Now it's, it's a lot different, but... uh We've we we've had a lot of fun throughout the years. Oh yeah, absolutely. Razzing.
3: <laughs> That's what it's all about. I Having know when I time. had
4: the fly by you car built, I was rebuilding my garage and uh Mike pulled it off somehow uh, licked a the rubber where he worked let me store my car in their shop where his car was stored for uh about four months while that was going on. And that's just kind of camaraderie we had. I mean, like Mike said earlier, he lived with us. He's a he's more of a brother to me than he is ever a friend. And that's hard to believe for a lot of people, but it really is. Yep.
1: Well, and I've given the almonds a really hard time tonight, which won't stop at any point. But, uh, <laughs> but I will give them this: they're, there's not a better bunch of guys if you need something. They'll uh, that's the, the truth. They're the quickest to give you the shirt off your their back and help you out, and they're there for you at all times. So, uh, I will definitely say that <laughs> about about all of them: Tom, yep. Jer, Jerry, and Brandon, and and Ta when when he was with us the same exact way. So. Yep.
2: Mike, how's it feel to be like the the elder statesman now, where you're passing that knowledge down? I know, you know, you work pretty close with Tyler Kane and stuff, and you know, how how's that feel now to to well,
3: pass some of that down, you know, to the next generation? Uh, you know, it, I don't mind it, and you know, and I keep telling some of these some of the younger people, you know, that they're going to be around here a lot longer than I am, you know, because I'm I'm getting to the point to where I'm probably not going to be around here a whole lot more, longer. I might still be at the racetrack, right on but it it really makes me feel good when I can help somebody, because I remember back when I started I couldn't hardly get anybody to tell me anything. nobody would help me, you know and and I kept trying, and all the stuff that I was trying was totally wrong and but I didn't know that and uh but I never give up. I kept going every week, and even though we wasn't we really wasn't worth crap, we didn't run very good uh but I kept trying, and I had people say, "Well, let me drive your car, and I'll tell you what to do to it." And I said, "No, I said, "It's my car, I'm driving it, right, And if you can't help me, then you know screw you i don't I don't care whether you drive it or not. And no, it just seemed like nobody would help you out any back then, and I really don't have a problem with helping a lot of younger people right now, and you know, and if you help them and they beat you, that just means that, that they're on top of their game, and they're just getting they're getting better, and I don't have a problem with that. Because that makes me feel good. If they beat me, I feel good because that was me. Right. You know, and and it, like I said, if if people don't help somebody with this sport, it's going to quit growing. And you've got to have help to keep it growing. And without that, nobody survives this. Dirt well, track racing goes away. It,
2: but it seems like this new generation has no interest in, you know, mechanics and, and motor work and stuff like that. You know, when I was a kid – you know my favorite place to be at was the racetrack and i couldn't be close enough to a race car you know you get around some of these young kids i mean you know roller's kid is an exception mm-hmm. you know my 11 year old's an exception they that's what they want but a lot of the kids these days could care less about the races You're right. you know and, yep. or to be around a race car and yep. i would love to figure out ways to get them more involved but it seems you know if they're not looking in a tablet or something that it's they're not interested anymore
3: yeah and you know i don't i don't know what a good answer is for that um and you're right. I mean, I don't know if it's because of all the gaming and stuff has kind of, it's kind of made kids more secluded from the outside world than when we was kids. We didn't have anything to do in the house. Right. So we was ready to get out of the house, you know. And, and I, you know, I, I didn't probably go to my first dirt track race till I was probably, I was probably 16 years old or older. Hmm. Didn't have no clue what dirt track racing was. Probably the very first thing that I remember about racing was watching the 1979 Daytona 500 at Tommy's mom and dad's house.
2: And that was the one with the fist fight in it, right? That absolutely was. Yes, (laughs) yes. And,
3: and, And that's probably what piqued my interest more was when I watched that NASCAR race. You know, it was Winston Cup back then. Right. But that's probably what piqued my interest more than anything because I had no clue about dirt track. But my dad wasn't interested. And I think that's where a lot of it starts at. You know, if your parents don't show an interest in something like that, then you have no guidance to get them there. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, most parents, they're not involved in anything like that. But it's because of the era that they grew up in, because they grew up in the same type of era as their kids. They're all in games. Yeah. And so, you know, to get the parents out there to the racetrack, I don't think you can get any kids interested in anything like what we've done. So I think that's where it all starts at.
2: You know, I... I used to be made fun of when I was young because, you know, my, my mom had always joked that I could hear a race car start up, you know, four miles down the road, you know, and, <laughs> and I wanted to go down there. And I wanted—I don't care if it sat in the garage and ran. Right. You know, I wanted to be there because it was running. And so, you know, and, you know, I have a, a 22-year-old son. And now he's 22. He's starting to get a little interested in it. But mm-hmm. when he was a kid, he had no interest in going to the racetrack. Right. So, you know, he's kind of grown into it a little more as he's gotten older. But, you know, like you said, it is dying, and that, and that kills me because – you know, that's my passion is to be at the racetrack. So. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, like with me, you know, Tommy was doing it. And then uh, we got to going down to Moody's Garage here in Brownstown. Paul Crockett had his car there. Yeah. And we got to hanging around down there a little bit, you know. And, and that was kind of, that was it getting interesting. and But, you know, like I said, I was 16 years old before I ever really got exposed to it. And we got to hanging around down there at Moody's Garage, you know, and hanging around with Paul Crockett. You know, he might not have liked us very much at that time, you know, but we were just young kids, you know, hanging around there. But that was interesting, what they was doing. And, you know, I mean, he'd talk about stories and stuff like that and tell stories about stuff that he was had done in the past. And, and just some of the older guys that I hung around with back then, you know, that's kind of where they grew up at was at the dirt tracks. Yeah, oh, yeah. But I didn't meet them guys until, like I said, I was 16 years old. Wow. So it kind of stemmed from that you know dick keithley was pretty inspirational probably in helping me get a little bit more into dirt track racing and you know dick helped me a lot over the years and uh you know and it's just it's just those guys that really got me into racing and i've been kind of involved in it ever since
2: did you ever have the want to to go up to the late models you know they've recently called super late models but you know years ago they was just a late model and and run like you know the world 100s and, and the stuff like that did, did you want to get there or did i you?
3: did a late model deal in 1991 and it was with dick keithley and mike scarlett i drove that car for one season and they bought that car from doc jewel is who they bought the car from mm-hmm. and uh it was just a under budgeted deal you know, Mike Scarlett was going to buy the car. Dick wanted to be involved in it, so Dick, Dick got involved in it, and it was just one of them deals where they never really, they never really. Dick couldn't afford a lot, you know, and but the only reason he got involved in it was because of me. Oh wow! Dick wanted to make sure that I got my opportunity to drive one of those cars, and he got in it and really shouldn't have. And then Mike Scarlett was really kind of a hard guy to get along with, and you know you would tell him what it would take to get in to stay in racing at that level and it, it just like he thought you could race at a cheaper level when you really need to spend the money to be good right and th- we never that never did really materialize and dick got out of it and i told dick i said if you're getting out of it i'm out i'll go back to drive my street stock and that's what i did and dick and i we had a lot of fun together Uh, with that street stock, and we won a lot of races. Scottsburg Speedway, for one. The really good story with Dick Healy down there. We got down there one night and went over to line up for the feature, come out on the racetrack, and the throttle linkage fell off. The bolt come out, and the throttle linkage fell off. Well, I get back to the pits, and Dick gets in there, and he takes duct tape, (laughs) and he duct tapes this (laughs) throttle linkage to the throttle pedal. And I don't know how many rounds he went around it, And when I pulled back out on the racetrack, they was getting ready to come into turn three when I pulled out on the front straightaway. And they was taking the green flag. Oh, my gosh. We drove from the back and caught them and won that race. And Dick, everybody kept telling me, they said, thank God that race is over because we thought Dick was going to have a heart attack. They said he made more laps up and down that back straightaway (laughs) fence wall (laughs) waiting for that race to get over because he kept knowing that duct tape was going to (laughs) break. But we won the race, and when we got done, Dick, he just kind of sat down on the ground and he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I think I turned more laps than you did out there. <laughs>
1: and I, I got to interrupt real quick because I got called out on Facebook, and I'm, I'm going to make sure that I don't get in any more trouble than I already have. But Paige Almond called me out for just saying how good the Almond men were. And I have to say how good the Ullman women are. Um Stacy and Paige also. That's true. And I gotta say Stacy's done Stacy's Stacy saved me several times. So I gotta make sure that I, I give Stacy a shout out there. So Yeah,
4: she's definitely paid her dues. Yeah, I don't wanna
1: get in any trouble later on. So I had to make sure I, I, I gave them a, a shout out there. So
4: yeah. Mike brought up something a minute ago. Uh one of my very first times actually going to Helped Paul Crockett at the racetrack, who was probably my number one mentor at the time. Uh, <clears throat> You all know Bronze Bobby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Paul was very bad about wanting to change tires, gears 15 times between the fast heat race and feature. And one night, Bobby was the elected one to change in the gears, and <clears throat> a guy by the name of Jim Marshall come in, and he said, Paul's going to be late. He's going to be late for the boys. He's got to go. Just as Bobby got the last boat tightened, Jim walked over and just grabbed the jack. And I know Bobby, I hope you're listening. I know he'll remember it. When that car slammed down, it knocked Bobby out cold as a cucumber. (laughs) And poor old Moody Regal, he thought it killed him. He said, run, get the ambulance. And let me tell you, Paul pitted right inside the pit gate, that's a long run <laughs> that's a long run all the way over there
1: yeah, I actually I'll tell you what you talk about a history lesson. I wish I'd have brought my portable recorder because sitting in the Schaefer photo and custom tea booth on Saturday night with with Bobby at any point in time we didn't have somebody. I got a story, and it was it was i mean honestly one of the coolest things ever because. Um, he has a wealth of knowledge that is is unmatched anywhere because it was so it was really oh, yeah. fun. Yeah,
3: I used to work with Bobby. We worked at Rose Acres together, and I'll tell you what, he is hilarious. he's a funny guy. He's hilarious, and there isn't anything that he won't do. <laughs>
2: you know, I just kind of want to point out uh, maybe people that ain't real familiar with the dirt racing how big of a deal Paul Crockett was because last week Rick Gum sat right over there and talked about how big of a deal it was for him yeah and you know now now you know and bobby has mentioned many times and now tom's brought up you know so that you know if anybody's really deserving you know paul crockett is having his own race at brownstown speedway He
3: he was instrumental to the sport around there oh yeah yeah
4: yeah paul would share his knowledge especially i guess i'm very fortunate and very lucky i had i'm gonna say three of the best maybe four that i could turn to at any given time uh i could go to paul crockett i could go to jim curry i could go to mike jewell me and mike started racing the same year uh and he would he would tell me whatever i of course he was in the master Belt house scene oh yeah and uh cj rayburn bar none My very first late model was a Rayburn car. And I picked out my own, myself and Celery, Celery signs. We, uh, picked out our own decals that we wanted to do. I didn't go up and buy the one CJ Rayburn stronger than dirt. I made my own and CJ seen it. And from that point on. I was locked in, although every time you went up there, you only needed five minutes to go in and buy what you wanted. In the two years I run the Rayburn car before I went to Masterbuilt, I never spent one red cent in CJ Rayburn race cars facility. Every time I went there, it's on CJ. It was all on CJ and I have to tip my hat cuz I know he's been awesome for the sport too.
1: It's it's amazing not just the drivers, but you talk about the chassis builders that are around mm-hmm. here in this area and and you know and again, I think for people who don't go to the dirt track that don't realize this isn't just chassis builders and drivers who race Brownstown Speedway. I mean, we've talked about the guys who have Come from Brownstown who who cut their teeth at Brownstown that now race on a national scene mm-hmm. and and are the best in the in the country absolutely um, in in late models and um, modified you know these guys start right here um, and the the history and the competition that's there is is unreal it is yes well we've said it many times that
2: if you're a, if you're you go to Brownstown Speedway on a Saturday night you take you just take for granted the talent that rolls out on that racetrack I mean. In every class, you know, you have, and you said it earlier tonight, Mike, the best of the best are, are racing over there on Saturday nights, Absolutely. you know. yep. So, you know, if you make a feature, you know, here lately the car counts have been down because, you know, of the money situation, but still, if you're running the top ten in the feature, you have done something because you're racing against the best guys you can
3: race against. Well, I'll tell you, I can remember back, you know, several years ago, if you made the feature at Brownstown, you was lucky. Oh yeah, because there was that many good cars there every weekend. Yeah, you know, and and you know, and even in the conses, I mean, I can remember back in the conses, you probably had ten of the very best cars in the consie a lot of time that didn't make a feature. I mean, I remember a lot of good cars that didn't make features and should have been in the features. But there was that many good cars on a regular basis at Brownstown. It was a struggle at times oh, to get in. Yeah, the races. Yep. yeah.
4: I remember the uh, very first late model feature I won. And and believe me, I hated to leave Brownstown Speedway, but that Rayburn car or Masterbuilt car, I had, for some odd reason, it it loved Northburn Speedway. Mm. And the Caliber of cars that we outrun that night for our very first late model win, my son Brandon and Justin and all the guys that helped there, Amanda and Tyler and Trent and Butch. You thought we won the World 100 (laughs) because not just us, but everybody, it almost kind of reminds you of the year that Dale Earnhardt won the Daytona Daytona 500 because every driver there come down and congratulate us. And it it was just, I mean, it was just unreal. I mean, that's how tight everybody is.
3: I want to go back to what Mike was talking about earlier. The same thing, talking about being a family. I mean, I was talking to Mike earlier in the year, and he was just talking about how happy he was for Dave Shelton and
1: uh, Tim Shumpy mm-hmm.
3: winning their first races this
1: year. I yeah, mean, that's just I it's, forgot it's, about that. Yeah. It's
3: not
2: yeah. like
1: very many other things. I mean, T-
2: Tim's was last year. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, it was yeah, right
1: yeah, at the end. Yeah, yeah. But we were talking about that, and just him seeing those guys. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. It's like kind of like I'm gonna just say it's kind of like golf where in a game of golf, you're not cheering against anybody. And I, I think that's how dirt track racing is. I mean, yeah, you got these people out there who will boo Scott Bloomquist and that kind of thing, but you still, no matter how much you hate him or dislike him, you got to respect what he does. And I think that's what happens in, in the dirt track world. There's so much respect between guys. And I think guys want those guys on the track. That's what we've brought Absolutely. up a thousand sure. times. Yeah. There's yeah. no other sport where, you know, and, and I come from the football world where if the starting quarterback for the team I was playing forgot his helmet, that I'm going to walk in and hand him a helmet so he can play against me. I'm just saying, huh, tough luck, let's go. <laughs> but in the racing world, any trailer is open for parts. I mean, yes. if it, they want you on the track. And I mean, yes. and, and Aubrey said it Saturday night yeah. as soon as she was in victory lane. She was over the moon excited, but she said it's bittersweet because Mike Fields wasn't on the racetrack with right. me. And that's the thing. Everybody wants the best to be on the racetrack with them, and put and and it comes back to putting on the best show for the fans. It comes back to having that level of competition that you yep. seek. Well, yep. you, be, you become an extended family
2: without even intending it. You know, every Saturday night, you know, you know where Mike Fields parks. You you know you know where Tim Shumpy parks. Mm-hmm you know and when you walk through the pits are you going through the pits you know okay if i walk up here they're going to be up here on the left you know yeah like you said jeremy owens and Derek clegg and you know the hartwell's all up by the scale house you guys are across the bridge and yeah you don't you, have to look
3: for no. anybody <laughs> yeah, yeah you know exactly you know where, to where, where to go yeah. you know
2: boatnecks are back there with by you guys just across the road and yeah you know yeah. And, and it becomes a family and even you know one Saturday night, you guys can be so angry at each other, but the next Saturday night, they're going to walk up to you and say, hey, do you have something? Yeah. And nine out of ten times, you're going to say, yeah, it's in the trailer.
3: Let me get it for you. Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's what's really good about the sport is, you know, some people don't forget, but most, most of the time, everybody gets over it by the next day. And, you know, they move on, and they're, they're best of friends again the next weekend. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's what's really nice about the deal. And, you know, and, I mean – yeah sometimes people you know they they don't really like seeing it to racetrack but they really wouldn't want it any other way yeah you know they just won't admit it and i, I do want to give some promotion for you i seen they said you have t-shirts coming in the next couple of weeks so yeah my sister she's kind of been heading this deal up uh she's been wanting the shirts and uh i told her i said i said it's all in your court and i said you know but she's been running it by me you know and and of course, I'm probably about like the t- shirts about like I am about racing. if, <laughs> if they ain't a certain way, I'm pretty picky a lot, and uh you know i, I want everything to be right uh not say I am anal about it, but uh, <laughs> is he anal? Oh, yeah. well now i, I, I he doesn't know yes. th- he doesn't know this,
4: but I've seen the design already <laughs> He doesn't know that, but i I fell on it uh by accident
3: but i'm just i you know i just i don't know i i like perfection with the and and i guess that's why i am with a with the race car like i am and that's why i work so much at it because i like i like the perfection of it and you know i guess that spills over into a lot of other stuff and and i'm probably i'm probably my worst person actually and i i make things a lot worse for myself because you know there's a lot of times when saturday rolls around I don't feel like things are going right, and I feel like I'm behind, and I panic, and I, uh, I'm hateful. Nobody likes to talk to me, and, you know. But once I get to the racetrack, then I'm back to my normal self, and everything's good. And
4: <laughs> That's when I like to talk to him the most when he's upset. <laughs>
3: well, you, you know, Dustin laid claim
2: early on in the year that he thought Jeremy Owens had the best-looking race car at the racetrack, and I have remained neutral. But since you're on the show now, i got to say, every week when you roll out, i always compliment that that is a great looking car you got this year so i will probably step out
1: dustin and All say right. you said you had to stay neutral mike fields has the
2: best looking race cars
1: so he has a great looking race car but i'm not gonna change and i've already been under pressure from the jack fry racing team that I, and was was called out right after i said owens but i'm i'm staying with jeremy owens as my my favorite race car at the track, but <laughs> well, you know, Mike has a great-looking race car. I think the reason I'll your car
2: reminds me back when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the dark car with all the sponsors on it and then the bright number, you know, that, that – I think I just go back to a time, you know, as a kid sitting in the grandstands when those cars roll out because those are my heroes. right? You know, and –
3: Well, I, I, I'm going to have to thank Chip's Slagle for the way the car really looks. Uh, he really liked the fluorescent red. And I, I never really was big on bright colors. And he kept on me there, and he said, well, he said, what do you think about the fluorescent red? Well, we put it on there last year, and we really didn't get to show it off much last year, right. what we had. And the more it was on the car, and the more I looked at it, the more I liked it. So uh, this winter, uh, I'm on Twitter, and Rocket sent out a tweet there, and they had these fluorescent spoilers that they had just come out with. And, well, they just so happen to have a, the fluorescent red. And I told Tyler, I said, when we go down there, I said, in January, I said, I'm buying one of them spoilers. So <laughs> no. we bought one, and I brought it back, and I put it on the car. And I think that just kind of capped the whole deal. Oh, yeah. Because I think the car looks 100% better with that spoiler on it. Oh, yeah.
2: So, I agree. So. But
3: Chip's Lego is the one that really come up with the bright colors on the car.
2: I was going to bring him up, too, for <clears throat> our show ran out because uh, I know you think him – first and foremost every time, you know, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, he's really stepped up and he's helped you out. And, you know, because I, I think without him, you you probably wouldn't be the
3: caliber of equipment you have this year. Probably so. not. You know, uh, you know that all stemmed back to Allen and Tyler Kane. You know, they approached me there five years ago. I think it was five years ago. I don't really – I can't remember. I, I forget Close. time sometimes. But, you know, they approached me to come and help them and – you know, to try to get Tyler better, and we I went out there and they said, "You know they said we're going to build another car and you can drive when you want to because I really didn't want to get back into the racing every weekend uh and uh so I went out there and we started digging in and you know, and we all worked together very well out there, and we got Tyler where he needed to be in the super stocks and it wasn't me just by myself, it was all three of us that done that whole deal and i mean we improved tyler 100 percent, and you know he got where he wanted to be and he was able to move on what he wanted to do and without them you know i wouldn't i wouldn't be in this deal with chip because chip come down there and bought a car off of tyler and when chip was there he said now if you're tyler ever want to drive this car he said just get a hold of me and he said we'll see what we can do so the winter rode by and the next spring uh i was sitting with uh todd snyder and terry miller and i said i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna call chip see if i can drive that car and because the patman race was getting ready to come up and i called him up and i mean i had never ch- met chip in my entire life until he bought that car and uh so i called him up and he said well he said well, we'll see what we can do and he thought about it for i don't know it was about a week and i had actually i had given up and didn't think that you know i'd ever hear from him or anything and he calls me and he said, "I think we're going to do that." He said, "Just meet me at Edinburgh," and he said, "I'll just I'll meet you at Edinburgh." So I met him at, Ed, at Edinburgh, and he brought the car and a trailer to me, and it's just started from there. And oh. it has really turned into a really good relationship between me and Chip. I mean, he's a great friend. He's turned into a great friend for me, and he has brought me back to the racing, to where at the at the level I want to race at and because you know when tyler and alan done the late model deal we wanted to do another super stock but there was just not enough money to do it and and you know and, and i didn't want to get back in you know that deep into it on my own because i've got so much other stuff going on you know at home and everything right. and just couldn't afford it by myself and chip you know he's like i said he stepped up and i mean he has helped me so much that you know i i don't know that i'll ever be able to thank him enough for what he has actually done for me and you know and what he's done for my family because you know Courtney and Donnie they didn't really get to experience any of my racing because i right. had quit there for so many years i was gone from the racetrack and for them to get to come back and get to experience what i had of experienced in my past and get to live some of that with me is just awesome you know and i'm glad i've been able to share that with them and they're both. I mean, Courtney. She's so ate up with the. Race I was going to say that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't go anywhere to a racetrack without her.
2: I was actually surprised she didn't show up
3: tonight with you. Well, yeah. she probably would have if I would have told her to come <laughs> up or whatever. And but you know, she she's been my racing buddy for the last several years. Oh yeah. Me and her made several trips to Bloomington, back and forth over there to help Tyler every weekend, and we traveled every place that they went, and she's been right there and donnie's always been he was involved in other things so he couldn't get involved but he's kind of come along now and he's getting more involved and and he's doing things and they both want to get into racing but i'm pushing them to get their education and get a good job before they get into this deal because i didn't have that you know and without the job and the money you can't afford to do this oh yeah and uh, so i want them to i want them to prosper first and then if they're still interested then I'll help them do what they want to do, as Good far deal. as that goes. So, but without, but back to the Canes, you know, Alan and Tyler, you know, they've been great to me, and I mean, I spend a lot of time out there in the race shop with them, and we're still doing all this together, and it's just been a phenomenal journey that we've been on, and we're all still learning. That's the whole thing. I mean, we learn every week. Sometimes it doesn't look like we learn very much, but we still <laughs> learn a little bit, you know, so, but yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting journey for sure.
2: Well, it made me smile uh, last <laughs> year when, you know, the Indiana Pro Late Models traveled to Terre Haute. Absolutely. And, you know, Tyler, Tyler got a win up there on that big track there. And then, uh, you know, you come out with Alan and, and, you know, and Carrie and, and I think Courtney was there that day, she wasn't was she? Yeah, yeah. was, yeah. And you guys all got your picture taken and, you yeah. know, that, that made me realize that of, what a mentor you are, you know, that that knowledge that you had because like you said you went from where everything had to be manufactured and invented to to now and you're still right there to help you know that next generation of driver come along i'll tell
3: you i'm i'm learning just as much on this late model deal as what tyler is you know i i mean that's so totally greek to me and it's hard to really understand that deal so like i said we're all learning this deal together and you know and when we think we know something, we really don't know much of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's been an experience for sure.
2: I, I had to laugh the most at Terra Hoto because my 11 year old was, was in the announcer's booth with me. Well, when you guys won, uh-huh. I'm like, hey, they don't have no behind the trophy out. I said, I grab that trophy and give it to Tyler. Well, then she snuck right in there with you guys in the picture, you know? So. <laughs>
3: Well, I would really like to repeat what Chad Stapleton told us after that race was <laughs> right, over. Right, right. But yeah, we, we probably I better probably, not. I probably <laughs> can't do that. Yeah.
2: It's never good to repeat anything that Chad Stapleton says. Well, so. probably not.
1: <laughs> I do want to go back full circle to when we talked about the families and where people park there at at, at Brown Sound. I just want to say, I've I've been there early enough to be in the uh, the draw shack, and it's so funny to me when some of the the first timers at Brownstown come up because they always ask, you know, well, I'm driving this. Is there a certain place I need to park? And, you know, obviously at Brownstown, there's not kind of that hierarchy of where, but so you say no, but as you say, no, you're like, no, there really is, but <laughs> yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter what car you're driving. So don't go here or here or here. <laughs> yeah. You can kind of park over there, but don't get too close. But it's hilarious because it's not about whether you're driving a, a you know a late <laughs> model or a modified or a super stock. It's all about what group you're a part of, what family you're a part of there. And that I, is and it, true. So it's it's funny to me when those guys come up and they're new and they're like, "So where do I park?" Well. <laughs> yeah. It's kind and, of hard to tell you,
2: everybody in the pits is cousins to each other, but then you got those close families, you know, yeah. all over there, yeah. so that that's what's kind of cool uh yeah.
4: way back there at one time, you had to get out there about ten o'clock in the morning because when Ray Gotze and them came in all back then there was like six of them racing, and all the other guys from Bedford, they went from the scales down to the water truck. <laughs> and it'd be taped <laughs> off or set out with tires and wheels if you you just i think the only other guys that got in uh over there was uh rick hines i think maybe well, th- jeremy at that time jeremy
2: still parks there you know he he's actually the closest to the scales on a saturday night and then you got you know jeremy owens Derek clegg jason hayman mm-hmm. the Hartwells.
4: that's because yep. we only got one gotsy or two gotsies running <laughs> instead of six <laughs> well they,
2: they park over on millionaires row now yeah. so you know
3: that's uh
4: I, I do that, that's I, called moving on up. Yeah. I, I do gotta thank Mike for one thing. I had been out of the business when I sold my brand new master built. He goes, I know where there's a car you might possibly be able to drive. And I said, Well, I'm I'm in if we can get there. And he goes, Well, you need to come meet him. I said, All right, which was Todd Snyder. They had built Todd had built Mike a new car. I mean, he didn't have to throw me out there. Todd had had four or five guys in it, had never made the feature in the car. And so I go up and meet Todd at his house. And I said, well, I don't have an enclosed trailer no more. He goes, not a problem. I got one. Well, he's got like a 32-foot gooseneck. I go, I ain't got anything to pull it with mind you i never met the man before in my life he reached in his pocket he goes mike's words good enough for me and he told me the keys to his truck <laughs> so <clears throat> i took truck trailer car home me and jerry disassembled the whole car put it back together mike says whatever you do don't take the wedge out of the left rear well when i put it on the scale it's not even close to what I wanted the car. <laughs> and he goes, I'm telling you, I drove that car for a couple of years. Don't take the wedge out of it. So, what's a guy from Brownstown do?
1: Took a wedge out of the left rear.
4: Yeah. Well, it only took us about <laughs> five minutes to get it all back in. <laughs> <laughs> and so we <clears throat> go out for the heat race. Of course, as usual I gotta draw ninety. <laughs> I'm starting dead last. Come up through there, run second. Should have won it. Could have won it. But I, I was just thrilled to death. Being out for two years. Drive guy's car. Don't wanna take a chance to tear anything up. Make show. Mike wins. I ran fifth. And Todd's in Gatlinburg.
3: Somewhere, he was on I vacation. I think it was
4: Gatlinburg, and I, I before I told him I said, "Dude, we need some new tires." He was ain't spending no money on that old car. He said, "If you want to put new tires on it, I'll pay you for them if you make the feature." So, and we ran the car. I think what three times. I Something think, like that. and made the feature all three times. And that was all because Mike, you know, threw me out there and said. You need to put him in the car, and I want to thank Mike for that too. Hmm. And I wrote a song about that. I said, if I didn't make it on the racetrack in the year of 09 I was going to hang up my helmet, my shoes, my suit, and say I've had a good time. And I've also wrote another song about Brownstown Speedway that goes back that we talked about several names about all the old drivers like Kenny Simpson, Crockett oh, yeah. Curry, but I put a verse in there, the new guys are coming. Now, to tell you how old this, I wrote this song a long time ago, the new guys were coming was Bloomer and all them guys. <laughs> so it, it's it's really, I, I think it's a good song. I always wanted to have them play it one time at the Hall of Fame race, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. so well,
4: Get it to me, and I'll play it
2: next time we race, man.
4: <laughs> if what you need what you need to do matt what I just told you he'd do it what you need to do matt (laughs) is if everybody can name every driver in this song we could give them something we'll we'll come up with something all right because last year at the hornets race or what was it that curtis sponsored last year was it no it was yeah he sponsored
2: the hornets last year was it
4: the hornets Mm. yeah I give away a brand new helmet yeah. last year. Well,
2: you did that on the pure stock, so because or, that's uh, what it was. Zach stock. Stocker won, the, won, yes. The, won yes. that. Yes, Helmet. I give
4: yeah. away a brand, yeah. brand new helmet. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll do something like that. Get we'll. it to me,
2: and I'll I'll make sure it gets played. Yeah, I'll yeah. play both your songs. if you get them out for Timmy. I'll make sure
4: they're played, man. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do that one time.
1: There goes another episode. We'll have to have Walt Disney back on to talk about the songs being played. Well, I'm already thinking of sound speedway.
2: I'm already of another episode. It's gonna be Walt Disney and Bronze Bobby on together. <laughs> oh, so that would be awesome.
1: I, okay, right, I'm just gonna tell you, I'm gonna hit record and go to bed. I can come <laughs> back down in
3: the
4: morning. I can remember listening and watching Bobby play uh, a lot of a lot of music. My dad. Um, And my dad turned nashville down three times because he wouldn't leave his family but myself and bobby has never sat down we keep saying that every time we see each other we talk about fishing and racing we never talk about playing guitar but i think they need to
2: bring their
1: guitars and we let them talk and sing on the show i will say i pick on them but i've sat around a lot of bonfires uh on top of a cooler listening to uh tom and and those guys pick guitars and sing and and uh, there's not a better time
3: right there. Uh, than that. Bobby B can
4: kick him out now. Let me tell well, you. If there was
3: a guy that sounded more like Johnny Cash, back in the day, that was Bobby Bowling. Oh, really? Yeah. I actually
2: seen a video of him singing uh, "Cocaine Blues" yep. on on the yep. on the yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. And actually, Zach Stalker just told you thank you for the helmet there. So uh, you're
4: welcome.
1: Well, uh, we're at an hour and fifteen minutes, and if I don't if I don't try and keep us in 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 time. Uh, Tom's starting to get warmed up here, so I
2: we, we got to give Mike I'll time. Bail, to, I'll to, bail out. We
1: got to give Mike time to take all the sponsors because
2: I got to hear Bub's home of the Ugly Burger before we get off here. You know, you know so. what?
1: I've, I've had my picture in two different locations. There, I've had it That's in Carmel awesome. and there in Bloomington. Go. There you um, go.
3: What's he waiting, on there? Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm waiting on him to take
1: me. <laughs> See, those who those who may be listening from the North Vernon area that was in the Scott Buting era at, at Jennings County High School football and uh, Buting and I could eat so we uh, we put our picture could, on the wall in a lot could, of places could eat still can eat <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah so go ahead funny. Mike throw out your sponsors well I
3: I've got to thank uh, I've got to thank Bub's Home of the Big Ugly Burger I've got three locations I think uh, Carmel at bloomington and uh, zionsville i believe it is uh, we've got nick's english hut in bloomington they've got awesome pizza uh good cold beer got to <laughs> put that out there uh, we've got uh, Kane's Herefords. uh darren Kane, she's uh getting into the cattle business and trying to sell some good stock there and uh, we've got uh, seymour tire service good year there in seymour clint brock and cole brock uh clint has been a big supporter of mine for a long time and uh cole has cole has been into the racing deal and i mean he he gets really pumped up when he wants to come and help so and clint's whole family carly they've all been big supporters of me for a long time stephanie uh so i gotta thank seymour tire because they've been behind me a long time uh we've got NAP auto parts out of seymour uh greg hatton helps helps me a little bit here and there uh he's always been a big sponsor for as long as i've been racing pretty much uh we've got um uh, of course with the canes you know i mean they help me a little bit here and there uh chip slagle he's the biggest sponsor i got uh he's got a lawn care business in carmel and he does an awesome job he does a lot of work with uh that area uh so that's who's your lawn care um John Kane, he's uh, he's actually an Amsoil dealer. Uh, he's been uh, taking care of my oil and mm-hmm. products like that this year, so I got to shout out to him and thank him for that. Um, I'm trying to make sure I don't forget somebody. Um, I definitely got to thank my wife. She lets <laughs> me, you know I haven't done that yet tonight. So yeah. uh, she she lets me go out and play every night, you know, and uh, doesn't really give me a hard time about it every now and then she'll text me my address so make sure i don't <laughs> forget where i'm at you know oh yeah but uh <laughs> but yeah it's uh i just got a lot of good people that you know that has helped me and uh without them all i mean we wouldn't be doing this on saturday night for sure good deal
1: and before we go i i have continued to get myself in trouble with everything <laughs> i've said here tonight um i first thank the almond men and then i thank the almond women and then Brandon's wife Bell called me out, uh, Amanda Alman, <laughs> earlier and said that she's just chopped liver and that's not true at all. Um Bell, you know I got nothing but love for you, girl. Um I I can't say that you've gotten me out of as much trouble as Stacy has. Um you've probably helped me get into some trouble, but uh but nothing but love for Bell. So I've I've marked everybody off my list, uh so I shouldn't be in any more trouble hopefully before we end the episode. So guys, Mike Thank you for being here. Um, nothing but uh, luck for you, I hope, the rest of the season. Now, l- As l- we l- said l- earlier, yeah. um, I did go ahead and pay out the uh, the bounty, I guess you could say, to Aubrey on uh, on Saturday night um, because I had said I wanted to see someone else win a Brandeis race. I am going to reinstate the bounty, and I had said to you that if you could win it out, it's $100 to you if anybody can beat you running on the track not taking taking you out now you've admitted that you might just drive right off turn one and turn three (laughs) Um, but if anybody can outrun mike fields in a brandeis race it's a hundred dollars to that driver from throttled up the podcast but you went out i'm gonna be seeing you in victory lane the last race of the the brandeis race of the year and and i'll have a crisp hundred dollar bill from from throttled up the podcast for
3: you i appreciate that from you guys and uh, the hundred dollars that you give Aubrey, I told her that she owed me fifty of that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, and she laughed, and we kind of joked about it. She said, "You know," she said, "That's funny." She said, "Dad was thinking about offering you an extra hundred just for you to just let me win." I, <laughs> I said, "Well, there was no letting you win yeah. there Saturday night." I said, "You won it outright." I said, "So." I said, "But you still owe me fifty of that hundred that you picked <laughs> up." So, but I, I thought that was really stand up of you doing that. Uh, you know, even though the, the circumstances you know she still won the race so you know i i got beat you know i pulled out on the track and unfortunately we didn't get a make of that but we still got beat and you know it was it was pretty frustrating to me uh but you know i was still okay with with what happened there saturday night and i wasn't happy with what happened to us but you know what it couldn't have happened to a better person and i just want to thank you guys for doing what you're doing here because this is awesome getting people out you know like us out here Because nobody really knows us away from the racetrack. And, you know, maybe they get to see a little different side of everybody when they come in here and do this Mm -hmm. show with you guys. And I think it's really awesome. You know, like Tommy, you know, he come. And Brandon kind of helped do this deal, you know. And I told him, I said, well, I said, if Tommy's coming and I'm coming, I said, then Jerry's got to come. Well, unfortunately, Jerry didn't get to come. But, you know, I just I really want to thank you guys for doing this. He just said that
4: that you guys are doing a great job. That's the first time he's
3: ever. Told I was that. Say, <laughs> I, that's what I was going to say, Mike. He's a tough time. critic, so
4: he's probably
1: lying to us right now, anyway. So, yeah, yeah he's probably he probably just tuned in at the end <laughs> yeah, to tell us that we did a great job knowing Jerry. But uh, no, and and I appreciate you saying yeah. that to both of us. You know, this was something that you know uh, Matt and I had the pleasure of previously the previous year. of working right next door to each other in our offices and and we found plenty of time and in some tough situations to talk dirt track racing and when we kind of started this gig i said hey man let's let's do this and and i'm i'm amazed at the amount of drivers that are willing to to come out here and, and spend their time on a wednesday night and you know we've had 40 plus people watching us all night long and you know, I mean, some of our, our Facebook lives are getting up to 2,000 views. That's awesome. And yeah, so it's That's so great. cool for us that you guys are willing to come out. And I know that you thank us, but I can't tell you thank you enough because we know what the work is that you guys put in to get the car ready. And for us to ask any driver to come out in the middle of the race week and, and spend a few hours with us uh, is really impressive. So thank you so much. This really goes back
2: to me as a kid because I always wanted to see – you know you guys with their helmets off right yeah you know, i don't know what you look like right and uh you know that we thought this is a way that you know we could throw the spotlight on a driver every week or two drivers and they could get to know them Absolutely. you know and uh you, know, you might have a guy that didn't root for mike fields you know last saturday night but when we go back here you know in a week after they maybe see your interview like I, I like I like that guy right you know where everybody every other driver we've had on there so yeah you know, that, that was our our idea was to spotlight you guys and Try to bring this thing up and, you know, make, make the racing thing, a, you
1: know, more in the spotlight. You wanted every driver to take their helmet off. And since we've added cameras, every viewer wants us to <laughs> put helmets on. Uh, I, that, uh, that's been my whole life, man. Well, you know, I, I, you
4: know <laughs> I've been out of the seat for a few years now, but I'm still in the grandstands most the time. I think what you guys are doing are, is awesome. I think it's something that's been needed a long time instead of just showboating the guys like bloomer yeah the money guys they're all they, they're always behind the camera always get it and this is a way that people can actually get to see the blue collar racer yes a lot more and i think you guys do an awesome job at it and really appreciate it and i really don't know why i was here tonight but, <laughs> <laughs> but i really do appreciate you guys asking and uh, i thought last week was probably one of the most funniest. I've oh my God! with Rick and Ron oh, and Bobby. Yeah, yeah. I, that was I, really good. It was really good. So yeah. Bobby
1: asked me later in the week. He said, Did "You ever get your tears cleaned up from crying <laughs> so hard?" And I said, "I don't know that I've still got it well, all back together." Th- that was the first show out of the twenty some yeah. we've had that we really thought
2: we needed to instill the five second delay. Right? Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. You know, Rick, well, Rick kind of pushed well, that
3: envelope a little bit. So well, he asked you right up front. Oh yeah,
4: know, <laughs> how PG do we need to <laughs> do? <laughs> so, well. <laughs> Me and Mike have known each other since the early 70s. And a lot of stuff that you hit on tonight, Mike and I can relate. Like the fist fights, we didn't do it out of anger. We just done it out of fun.
1: (laughs) Well, again, guys, thank you so much for being here. Again, Brownstown Speedway off this weekend uh we'll be back on uh is it Sept- September 1st is our next one? Yes, right? So yes. September 1st uh get out there to Brownstown Speedway again off this weekend. So thank you Mike. I hey, wish you the
3: You're going with the Canes to Florence, right? Saturday we, night? Yes, we are. We're going to Florence Saturday night, uh going to venture a little bit out of our comfort zone and <laughs> see what happens. Yep. And Rick Gum said, "Really, Rick? Um, I mean, come on, man. I
1: mean, <laughs> you, I mean you know, I, you know it's true. I'm still disappointed." <laughs> Rick, my only disappointment in last week's episode is how is the thirsty sportsman not a sponsor already this week? Yeah, um, yeah, we, yeah, we waited
2: I, I, on him to call all I, week after he yeah, was here with you, us. So
1: you spent enough money in their pre-show; they should be a they should be a sponsor. all right well thanks to everybody that joined us and and to you guys again mike and tom and and brandon uh i can't say enough and i i really really appreciate you guys being here so thanks
3: thanks for having me all right had a lot of fun
0: Dirt, 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 gotta get back to it. I've been the Kenny Wallace of the rap game. Ever since I hit him with that dirt track thing. Now nationwide, everybody knows my name. They're like, mama, that's Kenny Montgomery. He sings that song we like. Yeah, boy, that's me. Roll out the trailer, I'm flossin'. Huh. Them Hoosier tires glossin'. Huh. Them cold kind, we're tossin'. Right. They know I came to wreck it, yet I rarely bring out a caution. I hit the high side, boy, I park it for Brian Clausen. Huh. I do them like Kyle Larson. Watch me throw them sliders Party in victory lane And y'all boys ain't invited Your mama gets excited When I pull up to unload Even your grandpa talking about Man, that boy too cold We don't sit on 24s We don't ride on spinners I'm posted up on them 15s With Platinum Dirt Defenders Got kids up in my window like Hey Mo, are you gonna win it? Yeah, I hope y'all brought some stamps Cause y'all know I'm about to send it on me Dirt I just won hot laps for the third week. Huh? Lil Dave said he thinks we're in the first heat. Yeah. So I go and check the board on my bike. sitting outside oh Y'all know what it's looking like. Uh-huh. W, W, that's another George W. It hit him with that half a lap. Like, dang, what gear are you running in? And where'd you get that fire suit? Uh. Man, I like that stitching. Velocity USA. Hey, just tell Brad that I sent you. I'm shining like i Rubbered up and I'm smiling for the pics. Y'all boys be looking tacky while I stay looking slick. So short. Four new rims, no new friends. They never know what I'm planning. Never. And mama just gave me them eyes like, they maybe you looking handsome. Hey, Britt, be praying, sing the anthem. Nobody takes a knee. Uh-uh. We stop and show respect, cause we're all proud to be in right. the land of the free and the home of the brave. Y'all better wake up and get it. Uh. We're making America great again. Let's all go out and kick it Don't on me. This. Dirt.